Welcome to the Red and White Authority. Our special guest is Red Wing General Manager Ken Holland. This is Episode 7, and uh, today, Saturday, July 1st, was a very busy day around the National Hockey League uh, as uh, general managers signed unrestricted free agents, players that they could acquire and not really have to give anything up except their owner's money. So with that said, let's uh, let's bring in General Manager Ken Holland of the Red Wings. Ken, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, no problem, Art. Nice to be with you. Yes, it's always nice to be with you. Let's uh, let's get right into uh, uh, the signings today. And when all of this started, the scuttlebutt about free agency, the one player that kept coming back to Detroit was Trevor Daly. There were some other guys in the mix, supposedly, but really the the man that Detroit had targeted, it seemed all the pundits were saying, was Trevor Daly. So is it a fair assessment to say that Detroit got their man in free agency? Yeah, I mean, certainly he was at the, at the top of our list. I mean, obviously, when you go into free agency, you know, you need to have, like, plan A and plan B and plan C because uh, there's a lot of teams in the market and a lot of teams targeting similar players. But, but certainly Trevor Daly was a player that we felt was going to be uh, a, a real good addition to our hockey club for a variety of reasons. Number one, he's a defenseman. And obviously, uh, there's been a lot of talk about our defense over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, we've We've tried to address it, but you have the uh, entry draft for the future. But but in the present, um, trying to find an NHL defenseman that can go right onto our roster and and uh, improve it, give us more depth. I think that Trevor also gives us versatility. He shoots left, but uh, I think he's as comfortable on playing right defense as he is at left defense. Certainly, he's gifted with a uh, a great. Uh, pair of wheels, so uh, he's got the ability to go back and and get pucks and. Um, either uh, make a transition pass to get the puck uh, up to our forwards or uh, he also can transport the puck and join the rush. So we think that, uh, um, you know, we, we feel real good about uh, adding Trevor to our defense today. When you look at Trevor Daly in his game, and he seemed really familiar with the Red Wings, and he talked about the, uh, the history, and even though the Wings didn't make the playoffs this year, do you still get that feeling when you're talking to teams uh, that these NHL players understand the history of the Red Wings and what this franchise has been able to accomplish over the last couple of decades? Well, absolutely. I think you know, I think everybody understands the history of the, the Maple Leafs and the Habs and the Bruins and you know all the original six teams and uh, you know and, and and other teams that have been around this league a long, long time. And uh, you know certainly uh, from the early '90s up until you know 2010, 11, and 12, uh, um, when Nick Lidstrom was still here, and you know we had uh, Zetterberg and Datsuk in their prime, Cronwell in his prime. Certainly, we were we were one of the uh, the elite teams. And, uh, you know, the, the system is designed that um, you get your opportunity at the top and then uh, you got to kind of work your way back and, and you got to rebuild a little bit. And that's probably where we are now. I don't, I think that, uh, you know, we're not, uh, I don't think we're, we're bottomed out or anything, but I, certainly, I still think we've got some real good players on our roster. But certainly uh, in order to become a, an elite team, you need to have elite players in their prime, and uh, you know we're, we're we're trying to do that uh, through the draft. But uh, certainly, I think in talking to uh, players uh, all the time, and this you know this week through uh, through free agency, certainly people under I think players understand uh, what's gone. 
gone on here in, with the Red Wings for the last uh, 90, 100 years and uh, the last 15, 20 years. Ken, when you look at Daly, was also very excited, as was Luke Witkowski, and we'll get to the other signings today in, in a second. But I'm kind of curious, will Little Caesars Arena attract players to come here to Detroit, although the Joe in its own charming way was historic in itself, uh, how much does an arena play uh, now in this, uh, for lack of a better term, a recruiting battle that you have to go through when you're trying to attract talent to the Red Wings? it'll be a bit of a factor. I mean, obviously, this is the first year we're going we're going into it. Um, I think you know, you know, I was on on the, on the call there, the the conference call when that question was asked, and you know, I I kind of uh, both players, if if Little Caesars Arena played a big factor in their um, their decision, I I kind of got the feeling that it was a factor, but I'm not sure, you know. But there's 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 so many factors that go into these players making. Uh, Making decisions, I think that uh, certainly the history of the Red Wings and uh, opportunity, uh, money, term, uh, where your family wants to live, uh, all those things factor into a player's decision. And I also think that, you know, um, as you look around, when players become 23, coming out of entry level, uh, 23, 24, 25, maybe they do a a one or two year bridge contract. And they're, they're elite players or about to be elite players. Most of those players, if not all, get locked up, you know, for seven, eight years. Obviously, the team that owns those players has the, uh, has the right under the CBA to, to sign them to eight-year deals, where if they leave, it's only a seven-year deal. So you know, I think at the end of the day, this is a draft pick league. And you have to build the foundation of your team through the draft. That's what the Red Wings did. Um, well, I joined the Red Wings in 1985, and Jimmy D came here in 1982, 83. They were well underway, obviously, with the, 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 the drafting of um, Steve Eiserman and Bob Probert and Joe Kosher. And, you know, we got on board and kind of continued that from uh, the mid-80s up until the early 90s. And all of a sudden, the players started to, to come together and we had a, a team that really carried us probably for a decade and fortunately for us in the late 90s, early 2000s um, as we were sort of still riding that group of players from the late 80s and early 90s, the Eisermans, the Fedorovs, the Lidstroms and you know there's some trades that were made to put the finishing touches here by Scotty Bowman, Brendan Shanahan and uh, among others our scouts <coughs> found uh, in the later round Zetterberg and Datsuk and Cronwell and and those players came in and joined our team, and Nick Litstrom defied father time and was a was a was a was a Norris Trophy candidate up until really he he retired when he was 43 years of age. So that's really what we're in the process of trying to do now is uh, uh, you know draft players and they got to come home growing through the pipeline. You got to draft them. You got to develop them. Uh, you know, we've got we've got three or four players on our roster right now. Certainly, uh, you know, Athanasiu, um, Larkin, and Mantha are three that, that, that come to mind. There's some other young players that maybe don't have that quite high of a ceiling, but certainly you need young players at every level. You know, Xavier Ouellette, and we've got some uh, some players that uh, Tyler Bertuzzi was the MVP of the American League Calder Cup playoffs. We're going to give him a chance, but it, t- it takes time. So to think that you're going to go out in free agency and sign those cornerstone foundation pieces, I don't think they really hit the market. And if they do hit the market, there's 20 and 25 teams 
um, pursuing them. So even if they do hit the market, the, the odds are, are, are certainly long that you're going to land them. Certainly we're hoping that our history, our tradition, the work that we've done, some of the people coming through the system, uh, the passion of our fan base, uh, Little Caesars Arena, are all going to be factors in us being able to... Uh, to land a, a player of that stature if he hits the open market. But I, I, again, I think that doesn't happen very often. It's got to be homegrown. And uh, really, in my mind, it started probably, uh, you know, you're always ongoing, but certainly over the last couple of years, 18 months, where we've, uh, you know, we've, we've put younger people on the team earlier, certainly in Dilla Larkin situation, and then Athanasius situation, now to play a year and a half in the minors and has come up. We're moving younger players onto the team sooner. We, 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 we made... At the trade deadline, we traded away uh, Vanek, we traded away Smith, we, we, we traded away Yurko a couple of weeks prior, we traded away Steve Ott to get extra picks, we had 11 picks at this year's draft, we got an extra second next year, the 2018 is uh, looking like a little bit of a deeper draft than 2017, so uh, um, it's a process, and uh, um, again, I think that we've got, uh, I think we've got some real good NHL players on our team, uh, don't, don't have superstars in their prime. We've got some young players that we, we don't know where their top end is. we got to kind of watch as they, as they work their way towards 24, 23, 24, 25. That's, you know, you look at Zetterberg and Datsuk's career, that's when they really became Zetterberg and Datsuk when they were 25 and 26, not when they were 22 and 23. They they showed flashes, but they they, they, they evolved into uh, franchise-type players. So, you know, that's that's where we're at now. I don't, again, I, it's a long-winded answer to say I don't see the types of players, those franchise cornerstone players really becoming available on July 1. The players that become available are good players. They're good NHL players. You know, they're secondary players that are that, that, that when you're trying to build a franchise. Those those cornerstone player, players, that, the players that uh, you know, carry the torch, um, for the most part, they have to be homegrown. And that is my you have been telling me for years, Ken, that eventually what's going to happen in a hard cap world that your core players are going to become older and retire, and that's essentially what has happened to uh, the Red Wings. Uh, they, you know, once Nick left, I mean, the t- the team obviously took a little bit of a hit when you lose one of the greatest players of all time in NHL history, uh, but. It seems that the model in the NHL, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that you all, in order to get the difference makers, because of a hard cap league, as, as you just uh, stated, most teams sign their best players to long-term contracts. I, I know Connor McDavid's about to supposedly sign an eight-year deal, and uh, that'll take him up to, well, probably unrestricted free agency, but they'll probably get something done with him. I guess my point being is this, is the model... Is it almost impossible not to bottom out in order to get difference makers the way the league is set up today? Well, I mean, I think when you talk about Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid, you're talking about outliers. You know, right. so to me, those players are they're generational players that come along once every I don't know when when the next one's going to come along. So let's not talk about those. But you know, when you look at this year's entry draft, Philadelphia had the 13th. Um, there was the, the 13th pick in the draft and then we had the lottery and they ended up with number two. Uh, Dallas had the eighth pick in the draft and they ended up with pick number three. 
Uh, New Jersey had the fifth pick in the draft, and they ended up with pick number one. And the team that had the worst record uh, this year was Colorado. They ended up with pick four. So if you just think you're going to bottom out right. and sit and wait, that a generational player comes along and you're going to get lucky in the lottery and you're going to get the first pick in the draft might be 20 years might be 10 years might never it might it might it might never happen so um there's 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 really good players in the in the draft uh you know litchum was a third round pick uh Zetterberg and Datsuk were sixth and seventh round picks. And, you know, Johnny Gaudreau and Calgary was a fourth round pick. And you can look around the league. They're out there. They're, they're out there. It's not an exact science. Certainly, uh, the generational players, the, 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 the superstars, the impact players that hit the league at 19 and 20, yeah, they're one, two, and three. And, but they're not every year. It's not like every year there's one or two or three of those guys. Um, they, they come along sporadically, and you're not, you're not sure when they're going to come along. That's why, you know, Mark, you and I have talked, and I think as I've talked to you, and, you know, most teams that go into these massive rebuilds, it's a cross-section of, 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 of entry drafts. It's a long period of time. And then you got to get, once you draft all those, those players, you need to get, you need to give them four or five years to really get, you know, become of age, uh, other than the generational players. So, uh, yeah, if you bought them out, yeah, yeah, I think that, that the, I don't make all this stuff up. I look in the guide and record book and I look <laughs> at the other 29 teams and see what happened in their history for them to get where, where they're at. At the same time, looking at the Red Wings history, you know, Jim Devilano and Mike Gillis bought the Red Wings in 1982 and you know really we, we won the cup in 1997 it was 15 years um, and Jimmy D committed to the draft and there was only 21 teams for a long period of time so your second round pick was 22 the second round pick now is pick 32 uh, the first pick in the second round so uh, you know my, my philosophy for the Red Wings is there's a parity league and as I watch what's going on and the salary cap is hitting these teams and the, and the players are going from two and three million to eight million and nine million, ten million, or whatever. Certainly, it eats away at their depth. So we have to continue to draft. We want to compete. We want to try to make the playoffs. Um, and, and like I said, Philadelphia was had the thirteenth record. They had the second pick in the draft. There are, you don't know. The odds are that the top three teams are going to get the top three picks, but it's just odds. And 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 you're you're, you're playing odds. So at the end of the day, we're trying to get more draft picks. I'm going to hang on to our draft picks and we're going to uh, we're going to draft in the meantime in the meantime at the NHL level we're going to try to put a team on the ice that we believe can can compete with the teams in, in our division compete with the teams in the Eastern Conference and we want to be we want to be in a playoff race there's 16 teams in the Eastern Conference and I've said this numerous times three teams in the Eastern Conference have made the playoffs two years in a row Pittsburgh Washington and the Rangers it speaks to parity. You, 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 it's hard to build something that's going to be a cut above everybody else. And if you do build that something that's a cut above everybody else, you get to keep those elite players. They're going to command a ton of cap space, and you're not going to have you're not going to have any depth. And you can look around the league, and there's lots of examples. So, in the meantime, as, we're, as well, we're trying to draft and develop. We're trying to com- we're trying to compete because we think it's I think it's a league of parity, and there's not a lot of difference between a lot of teams. Obviously, there's there's, there's, there's a few teams that are cut above, but you, know, you look at the Stanley Cup playoffs. Pittsburgh goes to double overtime in Game Seven with Ottawa, and 
and and then Pittsburgh moves on, and Ottawa's Ottawa's out. It, it's a fine it's a fine line league, and I think that uh, this year we had a disappointing year, very disappointing year, and we had a lot of players that I don't think played as well as. Uh, they have in the past. When you look at the guy in the record book, they haven't played as well in the past. And uh, we think we got some young players that that can take a step up. And we made a move today um, uh, to get more depth onto our team with with Witkowski and and Daly. And we're going to try to be, get in the mix and compete for a, for a playoff spot again. Because if you if you if you're trying to build something that's better than everybody else. Boy, there's, I, I can give you a lot of numbers about a lot of teams. 17 years this, 23 years that, 50 years this, 14 years that, of, 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 of teams trying to get in or not winning playoff series. It's, 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 a, it's, it's tough to build something that you think is going to be better than everybody else. So in the meantime, while we're trying to build... Let's try to compete. Let's try to com- let's try to compete to win the first game of the year at home against Minnesota. Let's go into Ottawa game two and let's try to win the game in Ottawa. Let's try to be let's try to be in a playoff race and let's try to have big games in March and April and then hopefully you can qualify for the playoffs. And when you get in the playoffs, who knows? Ken, I want to ask you about. Uh, uh, you talked about you, during the expansion draft that you raised some eyebrows when you didn't protect Peter Morazek over Jimmy Howard, and then you lose Thomas Nosek, who was out of options, and many uh, had penciled in at least on the Red Wings' fourth line, who had a very good playoff run for the Grand Rapids Griffins. Can you explain uh, what was going on and why that you didn't protect Morazek, and uh, and were you surprised that you absolutely lost Nosek? Because obviously conventional wisdom was is that you were either going to lose uh, 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 Peter Morazek or Riley Sheehan. Uh, well, first off, we had to lose somebody. So right, I think, right. you know, I mean, it was part of me. You had to lose somebody. That was, you know, so certainly we knew all the players we left exposed. We knew we were going to lose one of them. We knew that we were going to get all the others back. Uh, I would say to you, in the case of uh, Jimmy Howard and Peter Morazic, what I've just said here five minutes ago, uh, we protected our best goaltender. Uh, I want. I, I think that that if you look over the last two years. Um, you know, going back to the seven-game playoff series when Mike Babcock started Peter Morazic, uh, Peter Morazic was in the process of grabbing the reins and, and being the number one goaltender. And we come back uh, the next year, Mike Babcock left, Jeff Blaschel was here, and, and Peter Morazic was... Uh, um, <clears throat> Was, was was playing real well, played at a real high level into what, February of that year. And then the wheels came off a little bit. And if you remember, I think the last 10 games uh, or 12, 14 games, uh, Jimmy Howard played, uh, you know, the majority of them. I think Jimmy Howard went six and four his last 10 games, got into the playoffs. We started that playoff series. Um, Jimmy Howard played the first two or three games, and then, and then, and then Peter Morazic went in. And then we came back again, and we started with Peter again as being the number one goaltender. He opened the season and playing both games in Tampa and both games in Florida. And over the course of the season, um, he didn't play as consistently as you need to have uh, your goaltender play in the National Hockey League. I think that was part of it's probably age. And and uh, and, and, and uh, so we made a decision that uh, we're trying to, going into the 17-18 season, we're trying to... Uh, um, win as many games as we can. And I think Jimmy Howard really dug in over the last two years when he saw uh, Peter Morazic uh, uh, take the job from him. And, you know, this past year, I think Peter was a 901 or a 902 saves percentage. And Jimmy Howard was 921, 922 or whatever. And 
I think Jimmy Howard is almost one goal per game less than Peter Morazic. So, uh, um, you know, I think Peter Morazic still has a, a a good future ahead of him. Obviously, this is a real important year for for everybody with our organization, and uh, you know, so it's, it's 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 that's what sports is about. About when you're when you kind of get bounced over, and you got to get up off your feet, and you got to get back up, and you got to get back in, and you got to compete, and and you got to take the take the take the jobs over. So I don't know if it matters. Uh, certainly, when I look around the National Hockey League, um, you know, I would say to you. You know, I don't know, there's 31 teams, 12, 15, 18 of the goaltenders that are number one goaltenders around the league are 31, 32, 33 years age. They're, they're Jimmy Howard's age. So it's not like Jimmy Howard's 37 or, you know, Jimmy's Jimmy's still at an age that, that there's other, and he's younger than some of these guys uh, that were in the finals and in the, in the, in the, in the, in the semifinals. And I just think that, uh, you know, Jimmy Howard, when he signed into his contract, had back-to-back seasons of playing 60-plus games. He was 9-20, in back-to-back seasons. Um, and then and then, he, then we signed him. I think he came off it a little bit. And to his credit, like I said, he dug in. He went to work on and off the ice. And uh, he's, he's put together uh, a great year last year. And I thought finished real strong the year before. So, uh, um, that, you know, that's, 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 that's the decision. Well, he and Jimmy carried it over into the World Championships where... Uh, uh, if Team USA could muster any kind of offense against Finland in the quarterfinals, because he would certainly uh, uh, deserve to win that 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 game. And then Peter Mrazek, uh, unfortunately uh, for the Czech Republic in their quarterfinal game, they chose to go with a KHL goaltender over Peter. So you know, obviously the young man has uh, has to uh, uh, you know do a little bit of soul searching. Peter's Peter's a good goalie, and I'm 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 hoping and believing. That you know, we didn't lose a goalie. Whether we had protected Peter and we would have exposed Jimmy, uh, my hope was we could come. We've, I'm hoping that goaltending is going to be a strength of our hockey club, and certainly I'm I'm expecting that both goaltenders this summer are going to really dig in and know that they're in a in a friendly competition. And at the end of the day. The Detroit Red Wings hockey team is going to be the benefactor of, of, of the competition between those two guys. We need them both to play good. We're not going to have one goalie play 82 games. You know, in the world that we live in, if one guy is a workhorse, he's probably playing 60 ish. There's the odd guy that can play 65 and 70, but, right. you know, the reality says one of these guys is going to play 50 to 55, and the other guy's going to play 30, 25, 30 to 32, 33 games. So you need two goalies. Um, we need two good goaltenders, and I think that we've, Jimmy, Jimmy Howard has shown through his career uh, that he can play at a high level. Peter Mrazek has shown uh, through his career that he can play at a high level, and we need the two of them to play at a high level together. And I actually thought we had that, uh, not this year, but a year before, up until Christmas time, and then both were playing at a high level. Jimmy came off it for two or three games on Christmas, and Peter went on that run from six and seven weeks from around Christmas time to the middle of, of, uh, of February, and then when he came off it a little bit, Jimmy grabbed the reins. So that's what we need. We're, we're a team. We're, we're a team, and it's not a competition about him versus him. We're a hockey team. We need two goalies. 
and um, you know, going into the season, it's, it's, we're going to, you know, Jeff Blackwell's going to judge these goaltenders based upon how they come into camp, how they work, how they play in preseason, and he'll make a decision who he plays on opening night, and and then from there after. But we're going to need we're going to need both goaltenders. We need both goaltenders to play good. So, you know, I, I, I think at times there's always, you know, I think from from uh, the media perspective, it's it's oh, who's number one and who's number. Right. It doesn't really matter to me who's number one and who's number two. It matters to me. It matters to the coach. It matters to, to to the players on our team that the guy that's in net for us that night gives us the type of goaltending that you need in the National Hockey League consistently on a night-to-night basis to to win games. And statistically, it says you need your goaltenders to play probably at 9-12, 9-13, 9-14 saves percentage or better because that's what the guy at the other team is, the other, the other net is doing. So uh, both of our goalies have done that at different stages of their career. Uh, I'm hoping that what's transpired here over the last six months, six months is going to be a motivation for both guys to really dig in this summer and come to camp and we're in great shape and give our hockey team a great one-two punch. When you look at it, and, and I, I hate to keep dwelling on goalies, uh, but uh, I have to ask you a little bit about uh, 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 Jared Carroll. I think he's out of options. I mean, do, do you foresee the Red Wings starting the season with perhaps three goaltenders? No, no, we won't. We will not start with three goaltenders. Obviously, yes, you're right, Jared Carroll. Um, is uh, is waiver is waiver eligible? Um, Jared played real well uh, in uh, obviously when the team won the when the Calder Cup championship. I thought he played real well, and and even those games when maybe he didn't didn't have his best stuff, he was always able to make a key save at a key time. Um, that 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 when you, when the game was over and we we won the game, you look back and said, you know, he, he maybe didn't have the greatest night, but but boy, he made a key save at a key time. And there's other nights when he was just he was the difference. So uh, certainly uh, <clears throat> looking forward to training camp. We got a. Uh, I'm hoping that Jericho comes in and. Uh, States his case. I mean, he uh, he had a great he had a great playoff, and uh, we'll make we'll make that decision as we have to submit our roster on uh, on October the third. And you know, I always you know you you know when there's when there's ties, sometimes ties go in some direction. You know, you, right. when you're coming in, you got to take somebody's job. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that certainly Jared comes in and has that type of a camp that uh, that we we have a real difficult decision to make uh, as we head uh, down the. September and early October. I I think you've told me a, a few years ago. Uh, in your job, it's better to make a hard decision than it is an easy one. Then that means that you have uh, uh, players that are competing at the highest level, and that uh, it, it really bodes well for the team. Yeah, absolutely. You want you want competition. You want depth and. I don't believe in entitlement. Um, you know, I, I played nine years. Of- the pro and um, you know you watch you know you watch the makeups that are making you know the, you know the, the chemistry and the, the of, of being in a locker room and who gets called up and who doesn't and then you know through the early nineties I was the um, general manager of the Adirondack Red Wings and and uh, you know you make decisions and and then you know you 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 look around as I become the general manager and I I think that well in player development in in trying to build a hockey team and trying to build a hockey program um I don't believe in entitlement. I, I think that the young players need to take jobs and I think that they also need to be mentored 
by by good older veterans. They need to be. They need to have role models. They need to. Uh, they need to have competition. That they look not only those players role models, but they gotta they gotta figure out a way that in time they're gonna take those players those players jobs. So you know, those are the hard decisions that you're talking about. That's why you know one of the reasons why I'm I'm uh, I like to have uh, an older segment to your team. They've got to be good people. They got to be. They've got to be real good um, organizational people that that understand their role and they, they treat the young people through the young players on your team with respect and and and, and welcome them and but, but at the same time show them uh, how to go about the job, the business of being a uh, um, a professional. And uh, certainly when you were talking in goal, you know Johnny Jimmy Howard learned a lot from Chris Osgood and Osgood learned a lot from Dominic Hasek and Osgood learned a lot from. Uh, from Mike Vernon and uh, you know Jimmy Howard. Uh, hopefully, he's uh, he's been uh, been a good role model for uh, for Peter Morazic and uh, and Jared Cole. When you look at this uh, this team and Ken, usually when we get together, we're especially me. I get so. Uh, all over the road with you, but I, I want to focus in maybe on the original. And very quickly, uh, you did make three other signings or player acquisitions today. Uh, Luke Witkowski, who is from Holland, Michigan, uh, played at Western for three years, played with Danny DeKaiser, was his defensive partner, was a roommate for a year. Jeff Blaschel uh, coached him for his year when uh, Blash was the uh, head coach of Western Michigan. Uh, Luke Witkowski, I think Red Wing fans remember, got into a little tussle with uh, Anthony Mantha and broke his finger. Uh, during that tussle, uh, Mantha did. Uh, so here's a guy who uh, it appears that he's going to add uh, a little bit of sandpaper and grit to the lineup. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, that's why, I mean, I think it's said on the conference call a year ago, we signed Steve Ott. Obviously, he was more established. He'd been around the league a longer longer period of time. And uh, I thought that he was... Uh, we, we all thought he was a real good addition to the hockey team on and on and off the ice, and we were trying to find a player that 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 could bring some sandpaper. Um, certainly, uh, when you're running a cap, you you either pay a lot of money uh, to somebody that you can plunk right in the middle of the lineup to bring those ingredients, or you try to find somebody at a salary that that um, that that kind of fits. That's what you got going. And certainly, Luke is looking for an opportunity. He's played 54 career games. He's been in the Tampa Bay Lightning organization his entire career. He's 27 years of age. And down the stretch, Tampa Bay had a lot of injuries. We played Tampa once at home and once in uh, once in um, in Tampa. And I, uh, you know, he made an impact on me sitting in the press box. I just like you knew he was in the lineup because he played with an edge, and and uh, he was in the middle of. you know, the alt- anything that was anything that was going on after the whistle or before the whistle, or you know, during play, uh, he can play defense. He's played defense. Uh, you know, that's what he was in college. He was a defenseman. As you get to pro, you got to do other things. To, certainly, he was a defenseman in uh, for his most part in Syracuse. And this year, when he got called up, he played defense uh, um, a little bit, and he played forward a little bit. He can skate. He can get in and uh, and lay lay a hit. Uh, you know, he's a guy that uh, we'll see. You know, see where he fits in. I'm not going to tell you he's going to be in the lineup every night. I think that's up to to to, to Luke and to to Jeff Blaschel to figure out uh, exactly what his role is. But certainly, there's some nights when you're going to some rinks where you need a you need somebody on your lineup. And when they're on your lineup, it makes everybody else bigger. And I think that that's uh, you know, 
know, as I look at Grand Rapids, uh, Calder Cup playoff runner, as we as we made the deal at the deadline, Vanek going to um, Florida uh, for a third round pick. Um, you know, we acquired Dylan McElrath, and Dylan and, and Dylan McElrath brought that to Grand Rapids. And in the meantime, we've re-signed Dylan McElrath to a two-year deal. He's a defenseman. He was a top ten pick. He he's got a physical presence. So I think it's important that we have some people in the organization with some physical presence. Hopefully on the Detroit Red Wing roster, but at the very least, you know, a call up away if 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 if, if, you, if as, a, as the eighty two game season goes on, if you feel that that's an ingredient that you need to you need more of or you need to add to your organization. So that was the Luke Witkowski. He played for Jeff Blaschel. Blaschel knows he's a uh, you know he's a quality young man. Um, he'll he'll do anything for. Uh, he's a great teammate. Um, he plays with an edge to his game. Uh, I think he understands the role that he needs to play to uh, to be um, in the lineup and to be effective when he's in the lineup. Um, and obviously, um, certainly, it was it was a contract that um, you know, fit what we're what we're, uh, we're what we're trying to do. So you know, hopefully, he can make some of the people uh, you know feel feel uh, that there's somebody in the lineup that uh, has got their back. Ken, a couple of other uh, acquisitions, and nothing against these players, but I would assume that they're probably there for uh, depth purposes and to, to fill out Grand Rapids' roster uh, would be Turner Elso, a center who uh, uh, has spent time with Calgary and Colorado in their organization. He's played in one NHL game. And then a uh, original Red Wing draft pick. Uh, I know that uh, Red Wing fans are familiar with the name if they have not seen him play, and that is uh, Tom McCollum comes back uh, to the Detroit organization. If you briefly want to touch on that, uh, please feel free to. Uh, you know, you know, Elson was injured quite a bit this year, but uh, the little we saw from our scouts uh, over the last two or three years that he's played pro, I've liked him. Uh, to your point, he's a depth player. he come, uh, obviously, he'll, he'll start out in Grand Rapids and, uh, you know, hopefully he plays real well and uh, makes some noise down there and helps Grand Rapids win some games and, and wants to, you know, put some state the case so that we, 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 want, we want to call him up. Um, in Thomas McCollum's case, we were looking, you know, obviously we had touched on this briefly uh, uh, earlier about about Jericho. If we get to the um, waiver wire, we submit our list of two goalies in in, in early uh, in early October, and we have to uh, no, we have to we will have to expose one of the goalies if we uh, happen to lose the goalie that we expose. Certainly, we needed to have a veteran goalie. Uh, you know, you need four goalies. You, 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 if you have injury in Detroit, and even if all four goalies stay, and you have an injury in Detroit, one of the guys gets called up, and somebody else in Grand Rapids has to go in. So it's important for an organization to be deep, with four goalies deep, for a variety of reasons. And uh, as, as we explored the uh, market over the last week, um, and we come back to uh, Thomas McCollum. It's a, it's a conditional uh, draft, seventh-round draft pick. He has to play, I think, 15 NHL games for us before the the uh, the NHL the the, the, the draft pick uh, will be moved. So certainly, we control. Um, we control that draft pick, and we now have got uh, you know four. We feel good about our depth uh, in, in goal heading into training camp. Okay, let's. Uh, our uh, the assumption is is that you're done uh, acquiring unrestricted free agents. That uh, your next duty will be to concentrate on getting uh, your restricted free agent signed: Andreas Athanasiu, Tomas Tatar, and Xavier Wallet. Uh, uh, are you basically done in free agency, and is that going to be your main focus right now? 
Yes. And when you look at it, let me bring up a name because I'm going to be asked about it, and so I might as well ask you. Uh, Thomas Vanek was a pleasant surprise. You were able to move him, as you said, to Florida for a third-round pick in Dylan McElrath, uh, which turned out very well for the Red Wings. Uh, I, there was. Did you have any kind of preliminary talks with Vanek? Do you think that you can somehow squeeze him in if, uh, if you're able to make some moves, or is it basically... Uh, Thomas Vanek, it was great having you as a Red Wing. We really enjoyed it, but it's we're in an impossible situation. Well, I would say, Dan, I, I talked to his agent two or three couple times today. I talked to him yesterday, the day before. I've talked to him a number of times over the last two or three weeks. Certainly, we have good feelings about what Thomas Vanek did in his time in a Red Wing uniform. I know Thomas felt the, um, the, 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 the same. Uh, you know, I would say to you, you know, as you look at our at, at our roster, um, on one hand, you you know, you'd love to add a Thomas Vanek because um, he did provide offense, but on the other hand, you know, if you look at our roster, um, you know, I'm hoping Anthony Mantha, a young player. You know, when you bring in these. Obviously, we've already got some older players. We've got some established wingers, and you need to create some opportunity. You know, so we we talked about entitlement. I don't think there's there's entitlement in the sense of guys like Anthony Manton, Athanasiu, and Larkin. They've they've sort of paid their dues. You know, either briefly at the American League level or a little longer at the American League level, and they've they've kind of come up and they've they've paid their dues when they've got their opportunity. For the most part, they've played real well. And you know, Athanasiu played nine minutes his first year and he played 13 minutes last year and hopefully he's going to play a few more minutes this year in his evolution as a player and you know I think you know Dylan Larkin will you know same type of thing and Anthony Mapta came up and he had seven goals last year or eight goals I think in 11 games in Grand Rapids and he came here at 17 so Anthony Mapta scored 25 goals last year so you know I've been in touch with Savannah Camp uh, certainly you could wake up and tomorrow morning and he's, he's signed somewhere we we, we, we're gonna we're gonna stay in touch. I don't know what that means. Certainly, we're we're close to the we're we're, we're gonna be at the cap once we're once we're done signing uh, our own restricted free agents. That doesn't mean we couldn't, based upon uh, what type of uh, contract Thomas is looking for, that we we couldn't explore. But I think that uh, for the most part, you know, I, I'm looking at some of those those younger guys and. Uh, Certainly, Athanasiu was a winger, and, and Mantha is a winger. Those two people, for sure. And I think it's important for our franchise. It's important for our team that they they, they get to, to to take another step in their career. And um, we've got we've got some veteran players. And if I had another veteran player, certainly, um, you know, uh, he would take minutes away. So uh, I've already answered your question. I think, but I, 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 I but I, I think I, I, I have. I think that. Again, uh, I stay, I'm going to stay in touch with the Vanek camp. Right now, it doesn't look like he's coming back. We'll see what the next week or ten, you know, a few days brings. Uh, but if, if he moves on, I, I think it's important that uh, you know, I think that if you if you looked at our roster last year, you looked at last season. Once we got to the trade deadline, and I traded Vanek, and Yurko was out, and, and uh, you know, I traded Brendan Smith. Obviously, there was an injury to to Jonathan Erickson, as some of those players on our roster played more, um, they produced better. And I think that sometimes, you know, you try to build a, a team of four lines of offensive players, and and not everybody gets as much ice time as they need to be as productive as they can be. So 
uh, um, I think it's again. I think it's important that uh, our best players get to play more minutes and, and don't have to uh, have to share uh, share ice time. I wanted to ask you a little bit about some of the injured players uh, with the, the with the signing of Trevor Daly and then Witkowski too, who's a defenseman and also a winger, a right winger. Uh, uh, it appears that the Red Wings might have an abundance of defensemen, uh, but based on some of the fellas that were hurt last year, uh, how is Ryan Sproul doing with his uh, uh, with his left knee with the ACL tear? I mean, it, will, will he be ready for training camp? Will he be ready for the start of the season? I, we're expecting all of our injured players, you know, to tar with the shoulder, uh, sprawl with the, um, the knee, uh, Glendening with the ankle. I'm trying to think if I'm missing anybody. Uh, well, right Erickson, now, Erickson's say, wrist and uh, Erickson with the wrist. You know, Erickson with the wrist. He's been, been he's been green lighted, green lighted here in the last week or two to kind of take his his. Uh, he can do more with the wrist. It seems like. Uh, you know, these scaphoid foot injuries are, are, are really, really slow healing because blood can't, can't get into those spots. But certainly, what I'm told is right now that uh, um, all these players, if they're not ready for the first day of camp, I certainly expect them to be ready for the first day of the season. They may not be ready right off the bat in camp, but, but as camp goes along, they should be ready to join to join camp and, and maybe play some preseason games. So barring any setbacks, uh, I am expecting all those players to be uh, uh, in training camp at some point in time on the ice and um, you know competing and, and for a job or, or getting themselves ready for the season. Certainly, Nicholas Cromwell, with what he has had to deal with, with a knee that is, uh, I guess the best way to describe it would be chronic. It's never going to get any better. He's been heroic. He's, as I said, inspirational. Uh, is Cromwell, is he going to be ready to start the year, or will he have to see spot duty just basically because of the condition his knee's in? I don't know that I have an answer for, for that. I'm not even sure if Croner or Maybe I'm not even sure if anybody has an answer for that. I think that um, I think that last year, if you looked at last year, um, I don't think he played the first 10, 11 games, Croner, and then he came back and we tried to um, rest him occasionally. And as the year wore on, I think he played his best hockey at the end of the year. What what Croner found was he just needs to get in there every day and. I'm not sure days off are in his best interest. Sometimes you just need to keep going. Just, right, keep, just right. keep, keep, keep at it and keep at it. And, I, and that's what he did the, the second half of the year. And uh, thought as the second half of the year wore, went along, he uh, he got better and better and better. So he's not the first Red Wing, uh, you know, to battle those kind of, you know, some kind of chronic things. Certainly Steve Eisman battled that uh, right. through his career. Thomas Holmstrom battled that for the last five, six, seven years of his uh, career. Um, um, Dan Cleary, I think he did the tail end of his uh, career, so it's you know, you know there's lots of players that it's just the wear and tear of uh, playing playing professional hockey. But uh, Croner's a warrior. Um, you just know he was in a gym somewhere today, wherever he was in the world. You know he was in a gym or he was doing something to try to get himself ready for uh, for the season. Um, that's why he's carved out the, the type of career that he's carved out. It's certainly he's a, he's a talented player, but he's got a lot of will, a lot of determination. He can battle through a lot of pain. He's a fierce, fierce competitor. So, uh, you know, he's a great role model for uh, for a lot of our young players. 
and you, you know that Croner's going to give you give us absolutely everything that he's got uh, to got to give us. And again, I thought last year as the season season wore on, I thought he played his his best hockey uh, later in the season versus as he started to figure out how best to uh, to manage whatever he's dealing with. So um, um, that's, that's sort of it. I think uh, I, I think again. I, 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 he's leaving it. You know, he's leaving it all out in the line on an everyday basis. Last week, Ken, at this time, I was with uh, uh, Tyler Wright, the uh, director of amateur scouting for the Red Wings. We were going over all 11 draft picks, and one thing that, that he stressed was that the Red Wings' focus, obviously, is this draft 11 picks next year, and, and I'm not sure based on how some of these uh, fellas that you signed today about conditional draft picks, but it appears in a deep draft you already have nine draft picks, I believe, for 2018, but he said the main issue for him and for the Red Wing organization and why Michael Rasmussen was such a uh, high pick on your list and the number, uh, your number one pick, the ninth overall, was because he is high, of high character. That character is essential, uh, it is the essential ingredient that the Red Wings look for. You know, certainly talent and skill has to be there too, but character is a main issue for the Red Wings. Can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for Red Wing fans that have watched our team over the last 15 or 20 years, um, you know, whether it's the star players like Iserman and, uh, you know, Littrum, or whether it's, uh, you know, the, the, the grind line or the Russian five, uh, Thomas Holmstrom, they, they obviously were, were talented players, but they all had, you know, impeccable character. Um they were fierce competitors. They can play through pain. Um, they would, they would, they would do what they could um, to help the team win. And certainly, when you get into a parity league, a league where it's, it's a fine line league, um, a lot of times that will and that determination can be a determining factor. Obviously, you need talent. And the me, we're also trying to draft. We're, we're, we're trying to draft. Uh, Talent and as we as we go forth into next year's draft and the year after, you know maybe there'll be another draft that we'll just we're going to try to get some high end talent. But you know what we what we what we what we stress going in we wanted character. Uh, we, we obviously want to draft some defensemen. We drafted uh, Billy Sarjarvi in the third round two years ago. A defenseman that's turning pro this year. He was captain of the Finland World Junior Team. He had a really good junior career between Flint and Mississauga. We drafted Philip Aronik in the second round last year. Who played this year in Flint and had about 60 points and played some games in Grand Rapids at the end of the year and, and did very, very well for himself for a 19 He was the captain of the Czech team at the World Junior. We did, we dropped the Dennis Chalowski, our first round pick who went to, to, uh, to, to school. He's now been invited to Canada's uh, World Junior Evaluation Camp. It's going to be in Plymouth in, 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 in early August. And I, I think I'm hoping that the, um, the experience of him being with the Grand Rapids in the playoff run is going to get him, uh, help him, um, in his evolution as a as a player, and then this year a second round pick is a, is a defenseman uh, Lindstrom. We took Cot uh, Kinsella, a defenseman that goes to the USA, plays in the USHL. That's got a, a scholarship to BU. So, we're, and they're mobile they're, for the most part, or they can handle a puck. You know, they they they, they can run power plays, or they Chalowski is very very mobile, and, and Hironik and Seriarvi can run the power play for their world junior teams and for their junior hockey clubs, and hopefully one day one of those guys is running a power play for the Detroit Red Wings and 
Um, you know, Lidstrom is a mobile six foot two defenseman, and he's an all around defenseman. And 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 Cotkinsalo is a is a really good defensive defenseman, plays hard. Uh, and he, you know, so we're looking for different. We're trying to bring different dimensions uh, as we go forward. That's why it takes a while. You, you you can't just hit every dimension on one or two picks. So you know, we we got a you know we got a six foot four, six foot five goaltender. Um, the the, the Petrozelli that's going to go play. Uh, got a scholarship to Quinnipiac, and he's he's also on the uh, radar for for uh, for the USA uh, World Junior Team. So he's obviously been identified by USA Hockey as being one of the top uh, USA goaltenders at his uh, his age group. And in Rasmussen's case, uh, he's a talented guy that had 32 goals in 50 games. He's a great big guy down the middle. He's been named the captain of Tri Cities. Uh, he's very serious. He's got uh, great character. Um, and, you know, he plays hard, uh, skates pretty well for a big man, and obviously part of the development is to uh, to continue to work on areas that these players need, but certainly character um, is something that, that the Red Wings have had for the last, you know, 20 years. Think of all those Red Wing players, uh, those those teams have, and you covered those teams, right? they, they were talented teams, but they had a lot of character, they had a lot of a lot of character in the locker room, and um, you know, so we've we're, we've tried to continue to stress that uh, we think character is important when you build a team of twenty. But when you're looking at one person, character is going to drive those people to reach whatever potential they have. They're going to max out on their on their on their potential, and, and uh, um, so those are some of the ingredients. Obviously, size. We're, we're trying to get bigger. We're trying to get more mobile. You know, we want we want we want we want mobile defensemen that can handle the puck. Uh, you know, we drafted some defensemen in the later rounds that, that uh, skate pretty well, uh, maybe don't handle the puck quite as good right now, but they play with an edge. So we're, we're trying to bring a whole lot of different dimensions into our organization. And, you know, the reality is of the 11 that we picked, I mean, if, 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 if you ever had four that play, it would be a grand slam home run draft. Like, it's, it's pretty hard to have, you're really hoping that you're going to get two. And because we got the extra picks, you're hoping that we end the forward in the third round. We're hoping that we up the odds and we get three or four of these guys that that, he, that, that are, are going to play. You don't hit on every on every draft pick, so we're trying to draft a bunch of dimensions. We're trying to be heavy on character. We're trying to make sure that our, the people that we draft, most of them are, are are mobile and can skate. We're trying to get bigger um, and 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 uh, believing and hoping that uh, three, four, five years down the road, when some of these players start to uh, turn pro and work their way onto the Red Wings, that we're going to have a you know a bigger more mobile type of team, both on the back end and and up front. One of the picks that was really seemed to be the buzz of the draft, uh, Red Wings picked, was the goaltender, Keith uh, uh, Petrozelli. I mean, he's gigantic. He's 6'5", 174 pounds. He's going to play at Quinnipiac uh, uh, next season. But he seemed to be, uh, uh, when you talk to uh, other teams and they looked around, and there were a couple of actually, Lindstrom got uh, got high marks, but uh, uh, Petrozelli seemed to be a guy that uh, people looked at and said, this kid is going to play in the NHL. And hey, I know they're 18 and it's... It's, it's tough to predict that, but he got he received very high marks. Well, I mean, we're, you know, as we went, we had the four. You know, you, you go into this, you go into the, the, the draft, and 
and you know, our, our, our feeling was on our first pick, we're going to get a, we have lots of wingers. You know, we got the, the Amantha's a winger, Athanasiu's a winger, Bertuzzi's a winger, Skutchnikov's a winger, Giovanni Smith is a winger, um, you know, the Advocator's a winger, so, you know, we've got, it's got the Tara Nyquist, so we got lots of wingers. We, 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 we wanted to go in, and we felt that on our first pick, we're going to get a defenseman uh, or a centerman. And, and when we made the decision on a centerman, we said if there's another centerman there, we'll go, you want to be strong down the middle and you want to be strong on the back end. So, you know, if we got to the second round pick, we, uh, we ended up taking a defenseman and decided we'd take another defenseman. But we felt on that one of our four third round picks, we felt there was enough goalies out there that we were going to get. You know, there was, there was, uh, you know, there's, there's six, I don't know how many went, six, seven, eight guys probably went in the first three rounds. And, and, and they're all are very talented and all have a lot of, lot of potential. And certainly we wanted to end up, uh, with one of those. Uh, goaltender. So uh, on our last pick in the third round, we uh, we jumped on uh, Petrozelli and uh, to your point, he's six foot five. He's uh, he's played down the road here in uh, in, in in the um, USHL in uh, in Muskegon. Uh, you know, so he's got a scholarship. It's a four year scholarship to Quinnipiac, which is a, a highly regarded. Uh, uh, the school uh, looks like he's got a real chance to uh, to play as a freshman. Uh, certainly, there's, a, there's an opportunity there for him. Um, he's on the radar screen by, uh, by like I said earlier, for, by USA Hockey. Uh, um, you know, for, for their world, for their for their national programs and their world under, world under eventually leading up to the world under twenty program. So you have, you, know, you piece it all together. How to his size and four year scholarship and. Uh, uh, actually, two weeks before the um, uh, the draft, our goalie coach Jeff Saleko went and helped work out. Uh, the USA Hockey had brought in a lot of uh, top of goalies at, the t- at each age group. Uh, I think U twenties, U nineteens, U eighteens, U and uh, Jeff Saleko spent uh, two or three days there, and uh, he worked a lot with Petrozelli and and and, and uh, was very complimentary of his. Um, his work ethic and his, uh, you know, his his his, 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 his determination and his, uh, um, you know, his commitment to improving his, his craft. So you know, you put all those things together, and and you end up um, we make we made the selection in the third round. So we're uh, we're excited that you know we got a Van Pottelberg a couple of years ago. He's six foot four. He's playing in uh, played last year in the uh, Swiss. Uh, men's league, elite league, and played for Switzerland in the World Junior. So, you know, you end up, keep, you keep drafting, you keep drafting, you keep drafting, and uh, somewhere down the road, we hope that one or two of these of these players are going to be, we're going to have a big goalie in our nets, and uh, uh, that's really, you know, the, he's a young guy, and we're, we're, we're slowly... We're, we're slowly building some young people that uh, are going through a system and are going to uh, wear the Red Wing uniform and make, a, and make an impact in us. This, this team being uh, um, a real serious uh, hockey team. No, Ken, I was sitting there at the United Center at the end of the draft, and I was looking over the Red Wing draft picks because I knew that I was going to be talking to Tyler Wright, and I see a Lindstrom, although Nick was Lindstrom, but he was called Lindstrom more than not. I see a Gallant, and then lo and behold, I see a Jack Adams, and I'm thinking to myself, maybe the hockey gods are smiling on the Red Wings today. <laughs> yeah, those are some great names, obviously, and uh, so, so certainly, again, we're hoping that, uh, you know, we're, 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 
you know, up until a couple of years ago, uh, you know, when 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 um, Datsuk was here and Zetterberg was here, and uh, a lot of our key people were two and three years younger, I was trying to trade fifth, I traded futures at the trade deadline to try to get another playoff run and take another playoff run, and I think that uh, you know, we had a, obviously a chance in the Tampa Bay series, got three games to two, and then we lose at Lickie for game seven, and Cromwell gets uh, suspended, and we lose to Tampa Bay, and, and, and they go on a run to the Stanley Cup Finals. Again, it speaks to how close the teams, the, the league is, and the, and the parity, and uh, you know, the last couple of years, we, we stood pat at the, the deadline a year ago, and this year, we, uh, like I said, we, 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 we traded a number of players uh, for uh, the future. So we're trying to have an eye to the future to try to build something um, or, or, or try to draft and develop some young players that are going to come through the system and eventually have a have a real impact on the Detroit Red Wings Hockey Club. But in the meantime, as we're looking forward to the 17-18 season, we're going into brand new Little Caesars Arena. I'm hoping that we're going to play good and we're going to we're going to compete for a playoff spot. And, and uh, that we get as we get into March and April, that there's going to be big games. That the crowd's going to be energized because it's a it's like a playoff game. I remember the Philadelphia game two years ago. I think it was game 80 when everybody knew we had to win the game and then and, and to continue our pursuit of a of a playoff series. The building was electric, and I think we won three nothing. I think Athanasius scored a shorthanded goal that night, and the place erupted. But it was place was electric. So uh, you know, you, we want to make some noise. We want to be in the hunt. We want to be competing with the teams in our division. But at the same time, um, you know, there's going to be players in Grand Rapids next year. Really, Seriarvi and Haranik and uh, Turjan and uh, whether it's Fetchnikov going to make the Red Wings, or is he, does he need a little bit more time? Tyler Bertuzzi is he going to be in the Red Wings, or does he need a little bit more time? You know, hopefully those players are going to continue their uh, development, and, and, and then these. 11 players that we selected this year they'll be in college or Europe or they'll be in uh, in junior and, and, and we're hopefully going to com- compete we're going to compete at the NHL level and in the meantime uh, behind the scenes there's there's some good stuff going on that's, uh, that's going to be exciting to watch uh, down the road one final question, Ken, and, and you know we're, we're we're reaching an hour here on the Red and White Authority, which is going to be our all-time record. I'm used to that with you. Yeah, I'm definitely used to that with <laughs> you too. Uh, I mean, only an hour. I think people are going to say, but uh, uh, it all begins. Or I'm really looking forward to it. I'll be up there. Uh, also, be doing some podcasts uh, uh, with, with with some of the prospects. But development camp begins late next week in Traverse City, and I don't know if this is a first or not. Uh, but you really haven't had 11 draft picks in a guy. I don't know how long, but all 11 draft picks are going to be there, plus some uh, some players that uh, that you have already mentioned. Uh, so this should be a really uh, a, a good experience, not only for these young players, but for the organization to see exactly maybe where these young men are at at this point. Yeah, no, I think it's, certainly it's going to be an exciting uh, you know, week up there, and then uh, you know, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to the. Uh, you know, always look. Uh, always enjoy the rookie tournament in in Traverse City in September, where you know lots of but lots of these you know many of these players that are that we drafted. Some might be in Europe. Obviously, college players can't play in the rookie tournament right. in September. But uh, you know, four or five of them. You know, plus uh, obviously we signed Chalowski and yet Giovanni Smith, and you know we, we've got some of these players. So certainly uh, next week, um, you coming up certainly is going to be uh, a fun week to uh, to 
brought some of these kids on the ice, and at the same time, it's an important week for uh, Sean Horkov, our director of player development, who puts the camp together um, uh, to have all those young players understand the importance of uh, how important the off season is and the decisions they make at the, with what goes in their mouth and how often they go to the gym and what they do at the gym uh, is, is how, how all that how important that is in impacting uh, their career. So uh, no, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to Traverse City next week. It's always an exciting time of the year to, to, to be in a rink watching uh, watching the future um, future players and uh, again having 11 players and. Uh, yeah, number a uh, lot from last year. Also, there's it's it's it, it, it's certainly going to be a fun week. Ken Holland, General Manager of the Red Wings, thank you for joining us on the Red and White Authority. I truly appreciate it, Ken. I, I, I can't thank you enough. I, I, I always enjoy talking to you, as you know, and uh, uh, thank you for your time on a very long and busy day. Truly appreciate uh, it. Thank you, Art.